Welcome to the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics, NCSM, Leadership in Mathematics podcast. NCSM is an organization supporting mathematics education leadership at the school, district, college, university, state, province, and national levels. Its membership constitutes an international force collaborating to achieve excellence in mathematics education. Be sure to visit the NCSM website at ncsmonline.org. Welcome to Episode 7 in the series of podcasts recorded at the NCSM 39th Annual Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, March 19 through 21, 2007. This episode is titled, What's This All About? Curriculum Focal Points, the National Math Panel, Competition and Partnerships, and is presented by the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics President, Francis Skip Fennell. Skip shares information on issues in which NCTM is involved in currently addressing. Please note that this presentation was not fully recorded due to technical difficulties about midway through the session. Eastern 2 Regional Director Janie Zimmer will introduce this session. Our keynote speaker this morning needs no introduction, but I'm going to try to give a little introduction anyhow. Dr. Francis Skip Fennell is a mathematics educator and has experience as a classroom teacher, a principal, and as a supervisor of instruction. He is currently professor of education at McDaniel College in Westminster, Maryland, and we all know and love him as the president of the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. Skip is widely published in professional journals specifically with reference to elementary and middle school mathematics education and teacher education. He has also played key leadership roles with many organizations, including the Research Council for Mathematics Learning, the Mathematics Science Education Board, the National Science Foundation, the Maryland Mathematics Commission, the United States National Commission for Mathematics Instruction, the Association for Math Teacher Educators, and in his home state with the Maryland Council of Teachers of Mathematics. Skip has received numerous honors and awards, including the prestigious Maryland Outstanding Mathematics Educator, McDaniel College's Outstanding Professor of the Year, the NCSM Glenn Gilbert Award, and the Carnegie Foundation uh, Professor of the Year. Skip is currently a very respected member of President Bush's National Mathematics Panel, and he's doing an awesome job of trying to keep a balance there, and a challenging job. It gives me great pleasure to introduce my colleague and my friend, Skip Fennell. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thanks, Janie. Janie and I go back a long time. Uh, in fact, we were program chairs the first time NCTM had a regional in Baltimore, and I'm not going to give the date. Janie will embarrass both of us. Um, I, I loved your phrase that I'm a prestigious member of the National Math Panel. That pretty much goes day to day. Um, yesterday it was non-prestigious, uh, just for your information. Uh, this talk is, is, is kind of framed around leadership issues, but it's also going to be about some issues that, that I've um, sort of, 
I guess I guess the correct word is survived um, the past the past year or so. And uh, but what I did was, especially for those of you who are who are building-based math leaders or or school district math leaders, I'm hoping that you're familiar with the book. Teacher Leadership in Mathematics and Science, uh, Barbara Miller, Jean, Jean Moon, and Susan Elko, published by Heinemann. Publisher Heinemann, in fact, is in the room. I just talked to her five minutes ago uh, in the year 2000. I've used that book a number of times in, in helping my work with regard to the creation of the sustainment of teacher leaders at the building level, school district level, and so forth. And so for me, it's kind of forming a frame for this talk. So in the name of plug, it's a really good book if you're looking, if you're working in this field and, and need some help uh, working with your staff. And, and the elements that I'm gonna draw on, developing expertise, negotiating new relationships, dealing with resistant colleagues, bet you do that a little bit, building support among administrators, se securing resources and policy support, and then developing a critical mass for change are, are elements that you're gonna see in the talk. So we'll start with this issue of expertise because that's, that's clearly an important issue. And things relative to that for, for your consideration is, is clearly you have to be thinking about, at, at least often if not always, the, the sort of content background in the field of, of your staffs. Um, one of the things that is important to me in this work and perhaps you as well is, I refer to it as bridges. You'll read about that soon in, in a president's message that I've, that I've written, although they take like months to get to y'all. Uh, and so the bridges notion to me is being able to bridge from elementary school to middle school. Elementary teachers having an understanding about what happens at the middle school level, bridging from middle school to high school, middle school teachers having an understanding about what happens at the high school level and, and across all of those platforms are pretty important. And kind of connecting that to uh, my direct work in this uh, new part-time job I have is, is dealing with curriculum focal points at the pre-K through eight level and a brand new initiative that NCTM has at least tentatively titled Lenses for High School Mathematics where we're gonna take a look at you know, what should high school mathematics look like, whether it be course-based or integrated curriculum and or uh, thoughts about the kinds of high school math that students might take to higher education or not and so forth. So that's a, that's a very new project that you'll be hearing about in spurts from us. From your background, some issues that you face, I suspect all the time, is clearly the teacher background in mathematics issue for your elementary and early childhood uh, staff members at the middle school level, that's sort of elusive. What is the math that, that people ought to know to teach middle school mathematics? We now have 40 states that, that claim to be somehow engaged with certification efforts in middle school mathematics. I also know, as, as you well know, the loophole around middle school mathematics, which is take the test, pass the test, and you become, in fact, highly qualified, which is a fascinating thing that I'm sure you're dealing with. High school level background. Uh, and then sometimes we forget about the fact that people who are engaged with students in the arena of special education or ELL ought to know some mathematics as well. And, and the challenges for you kind of, kind of dealing with that. The solutions you know, that, we, that we often think about clearly vary individually. And one of the things we often say is, well, you know, they need more mathematics. And there has been report after report after report that says it's not nearly as simple as 
take X mathematics course or courses. Uh, this connection to school mathematics is, is very critical. The notion of bridging that I referred to uh, earlier is something that, that you may want to ponder as you think about your own efforts in staff development. What should your elementary teachers know about what happens at the middle school level? Think about, for those of you particularly who are K through 12 supervisors, the kind of whining events that you have attended, perhaps even shared, where middle school teachers will talk about what their kids don't know uh, coming to them. High school teachers, by the way, will do the same thing and so forth. I routinely ask people in these various categories, well, what would you, what would you really like your kids to know if you're an Algebra One teacher coming into Algebra One? or algebra, however you define it, you may or may not be surprised that pretty much everybody says something in the name of rational numbers. And then, sort of horrifyingly, they also say often, more often than not, I might add, multiplication facts. And, and usually I stop and I say, oh, come on. And then they, then they push right back at me, oh, yeah, well, this is what I'm dealing with. So, so the issue of that and, and knowing that mathematics and, and then sort of generally, what should all of them, all of your teachers know generally about teaching in your school district? Because that culture in your school district, and frankly, that culture in particular schools in your school district, for those of you who are in large district, varies from place to place. And anybody who has ever transferred anywhere knows this. Well, you know, I think I'm going to go over there because it's closer to home. Oh my God, what a mistake I made. Uh, so the issue of, of that culture and that mathematics is, is pretty important. One of the things, I'll, I'll digress a bit to talk uh, to you about something that, I, I, I guess it was uh, Jim Bohan who came up to me prior to the presentation and said something like, all you're doing is running around the country talking about, talking about the curriculum focal points. To some extent, he's right. Um, and so this is a vehicle that we've been using. It's probably my duty and my responsibility to tell you a little bit about it. And I'm not going to try to steal any of the thunder of a much larger frankly, more carefully knitted presentation that you're going to hear from myself and Janie Shelak and Randy Charles and Rosa Beck and others uh, later in the day, but it, it, does, it does draw on some of that work. I think the, the question that we often got early in this, in this fray is, what are you doing? Why, why would you attempt to do something like this? this? And collectively, the response is, because of you. You collectively represent states all across this country and, and your curriculum frameworks are frankly all over the place in terms of, if you will, grain size, number of objectives and so forth. Depending upon how you count, I can, I can point to states, which I certainly wouldn't name, that, that have over 100 objectives at particular grade levels and then far less than that at other grade levels and so forth and so on. As you are, uh, probably, I'm real tired of that phrase. Um, and I've come to know and have a really good relationship with Bill Schmidt. In fact, I told him, you know, this thing, this cur curriculum focal points thing is, is, is a way to kind of shut you up with regard, with regard to that. And, and um, there is some analysis that, that he sort of feels that maybe that's a step in the right direction for that. Um, sort of generally with regard to this, identifying key mathematical ideas upon which others build on. It's sort of set, setting out, this is the base this is what people can do and so forth to help us. Uh, in our work, and I know you've heard from in a variety of ways um, over the last couple years since it's, it's been in existence, the work of the Curriculum Center Project 
headquartered at the University of Missouri with subcontracts at Michigan State and Western Michigan University. And the work they have done as they have analyzed state frameworks has, has certainly advised us and will continue to advise us in our high school initiative. Just a slide actually that Barbary's presented at this meeting and at NCTM a year ago, soon to be published, there's a manuscript coming out in Teaching Children Mathematics shortly, that will look at this fourth grade example which shows the kind of situation that we're looking at around the country. Here's 26 objectives in the state of North Carolina, here's 89 objectives in the state of Florida, and a significant range in between just those 10 states. I might add that, that the state of Florida might be considered, at least, at least uh, from my perspective at this moment, the poster child in terms of a, of a state that has looked carefully and pretty critically at their state framework and, has, and have collapsed those 89 objectives at particular grade levels to far less and so forth. So there is this dialogue going on, not only in Florida, but also in, in a number of states to look carefully at that. I often get the question about you know, how this connects to other stuff and, and what we've been um, forced to sort of remind people is that this is the next step from one of our principles, that principle being the curriculum principle, and talk, which talks about a well-articulated curriculum and talks about special attention at different points of time and so forth. So the guidance there pulling across uh, that version of the standards is, is pretty important. Oh, by the way, perhaps you saw that. This is not the next version of the, of, of the NCTM standards. Oftentimes, again, very well-meaning, but frankly clueless uh, media types who will say, well, you know, your new version of the standards. Well, time out. You know, this is a 40-page document, and that other thing is 40, 400 and some pages, and it's just the next step, and just to get people talking and so forth. I keep saying that. Um, Curriculum focal points are essentially the math topics for each grade level, key areas of focus. Uh, they, they're not simplistic. There's this cohesive cluster that, that builds, whether it's, whether it's place value and ways to compose and decompose number and sort of think about bigger chunks, if you will, of, of mathematics. One of the fears we had, uh, and to some extent I still have it, is that for the uninitiated reader that says, hmm, Three focal points, four or five connections. October 15th, I'm done with math. Uh, certainly not the intent. A lot, of, a lot of strong mathematics that says these are key areas, this is not the entire curriculum, this is a way to build on areas of emphasis and so forth. So this, the phrase down there, not discrete topics for teachers to present and check off as mastered by students is critical, which is why the dedication of, of this initiative is really to people like yourself, leaders in the field, particularly state supervisors, local school district supervisors of mathematics. And, that, and by the way, hence the deep language, and I don't want to pull away from what you'll be hearing later on, but there was a time in, in the iterations of, of this document where we just had lists of those statements and we figured people would take them too simplistically. There was a time in the iteration of this document when these were, there was stuff bolded under there and we, pe we thought people would check those off as well and so hence the clustering of the ideas. That's quite intentional. And then also the notion about, um, and by the way, you know, the questions I get about, about this work is always, absolutely always about number and operations. No one has ever asked me, so why did you do this in geometry at grade three as opposed to grade four? 
Or, you know that thing in measurement? I wonder if you could put that, in. nobody's ever asked me that. And like, we're like poised, okay, we're ready for that one. Uh, but that never happens. As you can imagine, those, those critical areas of number, particularly at the elementary levels, are, 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 you know, are bedrock, are topics that everybody is familiar with, perhaps too familiar. Um, and so that, that gets a lot of attention in this work. But, but as we think about that, some of, the, some of the stuff that has gone on for a long time with, re, with regard to building a sense of number, activities, talking about different ways to think about 24 or 49 or that number, ways to, to compose and decompose number and think about them in different contexts is, is very much at this notion of number and operation as we think about it. This is kind of interesting. Um, we, have, we have a number of... Um, Q&As that we have at the NCTM uh, website to sort of think about the focal points. And one of, the, one of those, the, the claims there is, most importantly, they should not be expected to use an algorithm before it's understood. And then a response to that claim, as far as I can tell, the norm in mathematics and in life is the exact opposite. They will not understand that any algorithm until they have used it lots and lots of times. And then it goes on. The point that we should be able to agree on is that for this process of getting to know things from inside to be effective, and I like this particularly, whether a student just arrived in a new city or a child in a new house or, or a kid with a new computer game or a kid learning violin via the Suzuki method or a singer trying to learn a new song or a conductor coming to grips with a new score or yes, even a mathematician trying to read an important paper, there has to be reflection along the way to avoid things fossilizing in a blindly uncomprehending mechanical form. Now, I wrote the claim. Anthony or Tony Ralston, uh, originally from State University at Buffalo and now in, 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 in England, uh, wrote that counterstatement. I happen to like a lot what he said. Um, and so I, I guess my point there is we're all kind of, kind of learning through this process. So the notion of, of, this, of this publication, of this initiative relative to your work, is certainly as a framework for future development of mathematics curriculum, certainly as an opportunity to, to develop and identify grade level topics. And you know, NCTM has um, certainly in our, in our respective careers made monumental um, contributions to our field, <clears throat> but heretofore those, those suggestions have been grade band oriented. And you know, one of the favorite things I like to say is, if your curriculum is grade band oriented, don't be the fifth grade teacher. Because if it's a 3-5 grade band, you're in charge. You, it ends there. Uh, people are going to ask a lot of questions about why it isn't done then. The other thing that, that is compounding a lot of your work is the fact that this, this thing called No Child Left Behind is saying to you, you're going to have a test. And you're going to have that test in grade 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and one time at the high school level. So particular guidance at individual grade levels is absolutely critical. One of the things that happens to me in this work is that I visit states and the majority of states have moved to individual grade band kind of recommendations because of No Child Left Behinds and other kinds of things. There are still that's, that, as you know, that still have grade band kind of documents and, and some of you have grade band documents and assessment documents and then teachers sort of wonder which one to use but that's, that's your issue. Um, 
So the priorities in terms of grade band, we talked about the focus issue, descriptive clusters of content, more clarification, we hope. The connections to the focal points is pretty critical to what we're saying because it's not as simplistic as these three areas of emphasis, but those connections kind of supporting those and adding to that area of emphasis as targets in a, in a particular year is pretty critical. So, so we'll then move into another area that you deal with, and that's this issue of negotiating new relationships. And so for me, it's been um, the Wall Street Journal and um, the Chicago Tribune and the Brookings Institution and the United States Department of Education and Tapping America's Potential, which is the Business Roundtable uh, report and Time Magazine, and, um, and I guess that, that sort of does it. You're probably familiar with that. The morning of uh, the release of the curriculum focal points in Washington, D.C. at the National uh, Press Club, some of you know me well enough that, that, um, that I actually I used to run every day. I don't have the time to do that anymore. But anyway, I went out for a run that particular morning, got my Starbucks coffee, grabbed, grabbed the Wall Street Journal, and just about threw up the coffee. Um, and that was before the release. Um, I had talked to that clown. Um, excuse me, that's, a, that's highly unprofessional. I had talked to Mr. Heckinger, who comes from a long lineage of educational reporters. His, uh, you, you learned how to do this stuff. His father was the lead editorial writer, education writer for the New York Times for two decades. But at any rate, we talked to him for, for a long time, and we had him interview a lot of people, none of whom were quoted. Um, and that was, the, that was the article that, that came out of that. I then went to the next day to the National Math Panel meeting, and I saw my good friend Joan Freeney Monday, and she said, ah, don't worry about it, it's, it's, it's fine. I said, what are you talking about, it's fine? <laughs> she says, go back to NCTM and ask them for uh, what they have in the history of the media reports on the event. And in the year 2000, specifically April 13th of 2000, from the New York Times, upon the release of the then principles and standards is the following headline, math teachers ba back return of education and basic skills. And it's pretty much the same headline, same treatment, six or seven years down the road. And so, so one of the things about negotiating new relationships is you have to figure out where they live and what they're trying to do with that. The other thing that happens when people say, well, you know, you've returned to basics and you, you, know, you didn't care about those things before. Well, this is, this is the curriculum and evaluation standards published in 1989. Some of you refer to that as the gray book, and I'm sure I know many people in this room, and that's a very tattered book right now and, and you're on your shelf somewhere. But in that document it says, children should master the basic facts of arithmetic, their essential components of fluency with paper and pencil mental computation and with estimation. It's important for children to learn the sequence of steps and the reason for them in the paper and pencil algorithms used widely in our culture. That's from page 47 in that document. So, you know, I don't know that we ever left some of that stuff that people are referring to as basic. Um, you know, and then we have things like the reality of there have been over 600,000 downloads, free downloads that drive Jim Rebello crazy, because of course that's a freebie, uh, of, of the full document of the curriculum focal points were deep into the, into the second printing of that, so the actual dissemination of this has been unheard of in terms of NCTM kinds of, kind of, kind of work. And, and you probably can't read all those states, but we have, we have worked with either directly 
uh, indirectly or will work with the states of Florida, Maine, North Carolina, South Carolina, Minnesota, North, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, Tennessee, Utah, Maryland, District of Columbia, that's a state wannabe, that's why they're on the list, um, and Kentucky, and, and there are actually others that frankly we can't get to. So, so there's a lot of interest in terms of states and in, in, in looking at areas of emphasis within, within curriculum. All kinds of, all kinds of national uh, presentations uh, on Capitol Hill, I mentioned the math panel. We've had meetings with major publishers, con uh, conference board of the mathematical sciences, with the lieutenant governors in this country uh, as recently as last week. And this one's kind of fun for me. NSTA last week announced in Education Week anchors. They're going to they're going to create anchors at the grade levels at, at individual grade levels for science. Um, and my response to that is essentially as follows. We were first. Um, now I know they got a test. You know, there's a science test looming and so forth and so on. But it's uh, flattery, I guess, is is, is kind of nice. Um, so the goal is is to provide guidance to schools, focus for teachers to give sufficient time to understand major concepts, clear directions for students and parents on on you know areas of deep understanding within the curriculum. The the, the areas of of the focal points are not trivial. It's area of emphasis a particular year. You're not done that year and so forth. And I'll kind of get off of that because it's going to be dealt with a little bit later on uh, in the day anyway. Mentioned earlier that our next step in the area of curriculum, NCTMs that, that is, is this, this notion of lenses for high school mathematics. A planning group has been established. In fact, they're beginning to meet um, at this meeting. They had a, a preliminary um, opportunity to talk with the state supervisors of mathematics to let people know where we're going with that. And you'll hear more about it uh, as we move forward. I, idealistically, we hope to have something out in, in a bit more than, than a year, perhaps October of 2008. But that's all just just uh, planning at this point. So this notion about negotiating new relationships, whether it's with the media or whatever, in my perspective, is something that, that you do as well. And for a supervisor, for a building leader, for a district leader, it's perhaps developing relationships with principals, certainly, certainly all teachers who are essentially uh, under your charge, administrative colleagues, school board members, State Department of Education, professors, be they professors of mathematics or mathematics education, and, and all the other kinds of folks that... that it was at this point in the presentation that our audio connection was lost. We resume a bit later with Skip talking about leadership issues. In this final segment, we apologize for some of the buzzing that you'll be hearing in the background. As you, you begin to sort of maybe uncover for the first time this sort of notion of people who are resistant, because when you were in your classroom, and you had control over that, you know, it was your domain. And now all of a sudden you want stuff done and, and people may not want to do that for uh, a variety of reasons. So I'd like you to kind of walk with me back to some, some areas of, of remembrance. Perhaps conducting your initial staff presentation. I have a great friend who tell, told me about her experience in this area, and she had, she was a, at one point a state supervisor of mathematics, came into a local district, and you know all the energy there, and does this meeting with her high school staff, and you know, all charged up. And any additional questions? Any more donuts? 
It's like, you know, you're working a long time to get, to get some kind of a response, and the response, any more donuts, probably wasn't the expectation. Remember the preparation for your first board, first board meeting, dealing with, dealing with friends. Do you remember what it was like when all of a sudden you became the math leader or whatever, and I'm going to give you a scenario This is very true. In a carpool, we shared car driving back and forth to work, and all of a sudden, when I got this new job, conversation was different. It's pretty quiet. Uh, weren't, weren't particularly open to talk about the kinds of stuff that we used to talk about. So the issue of friends and how you deal with friends is, is, is really different. And then kind of stuff you wonder about, why is that person still teaching? Why can't we get him or her out of here? Um, why is this person a principal? And here's, here's one. Here's one that where some of you, you know, you're not, you're not going to like this. Why is that person my boss? <laughs> By the way, I can relate to that. Um, so, uh, so those are some of the, the issues that you deal with. And, and kind, of, kind of along that way is your cha charge and challenge to sort of build support among administrators. And typically, I'm talking about here the building level principle, but, but perhaps beyond that. We know that the, that the building level principle guides the culture, sets the tones for the success of the school. That's documented in lots of places. You know you have principles right now where you can go to. If you want to have it done, you know it's going to work in that context and so forth. There's some things, to th however, to, to think about there, because as you think about you and trying to do to build that kind of support with local administrators particularly principals there are challenges that they have in their job and you have in yours that's that kind of are really mind uh, kind of landmines along the way to that first of all finding the time to do that making sure they come how many times have you planned a meeting and something has come up at somebody's building and the person you really wanted to be there can't get there for a very good reason but it just, it just takes away the emphasis of what, what they're doing. And then, and my sort of classic frustration here, having done this a lot, making sure they pay attention. You know, stop talking with your buddies. Get up here, and, and I want you sitting down with your own teachers to see what we're, what's going to happen in your district, our district, about this mathematics is, is pretty important as well. For principals only, we need to change what administrators look for when observing teachers and students, decisions about grouping children, providing grade level team planning time, bringing resources to the classroom, and all those kinds of things. Reform that is imposed on teachers or even brought about through encouragement may endure only for as long as, I'm talking about principals now, but I could explode that to supervisors or even for those of you who are math resource teachers, as long as only they're there to provide the continued support. In other words, you know this is only as good as that person being in the building. And your charge, your challenge is you know that's going to happen for only a finite amount of time. Because what happens is people figure out, ooh, this person's really good. Let's move them. Um, and so the issue there is, on the other hand, teachers who become searchers for improved practice on behalf of the students will continue to grow no, no matter who the principal, supervisor, research. So the issue is empowerment. The issue is getting teachers confident enough, empowered enough, so that when that person, that really good leader, <clears throat> excuse me, walks out the door, you know that it's still going to continue. And maybe, and maybe that other person, that empowered teacher, picks up where it lets off and, and so forth.
this whole notion of getting principles connected and so forth. And, and I've written a, a president's message for NGTM, which again will come out several months from now, but it's entitled Four Principles Only. And, and the, 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 the goal of that is hand this to a principal. Standard observation and overall evaluation and so forth and considerations about, about what they ought to be doing. So you may want to look for that. Another thing that you have to deal with uh, among those leadership issues is the ability to secure resources and policy support for whatever the initiative is that you had in mind. Um, Deborah Ball and Kathy Fosno years ago talked about you know, the fact that research confirms that the most effective and long-lasting changes in teaching occur gradually in a period of time, we all know that, and with ongoing support. That, that may be in the form of curriculum materials or actual bodies, people who can encourage that initiative, that change that you would like to have happen. And some of those, some of those kinds of res resource and support needs that you may need, that you might like to have, that you might like to expand are things like math leaders at the building level, different instructional materials, additional instructional materials, time for dollars for professional development, funding for that perhaps out of Title I, perhaps at a National Science Foundation if you have a, a link to a, a center project and some of you in the room probably do, perhaps through your state math science partnership dollars or perhaps an NSF math uh, Mass Science Partnership for those of you who might have that initiative. Um, the other thing is it's all about this whole issue of relationships and partnerships and one of the things that I think that I'd like to close with is that first of all partnerships mean a lot and I like to think that that over the years that there has always been a strong partnership between the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics and the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics and this whole issue of our leadership task force with NCTM was chaired up by the incoming president of NCSM and other leadership initiatives that we might have. I might also say that uh, in addition to closing with thanking you for all that you do, the singular honor I think I've ever had in my life was getting the Glenn Gilbert Award. So I thank you very much. It's easy but it's always an adventure. And we're very fortunate to have the leadership of NCTM and of Skip um, in the process as we're trying to move forward. Skip, thank you for all of your insights, and thank you so much for the partnership that we are strengthening between NCSM and NCTM. Be sure to tune in to episode 8, If I Were a District Mathematics Supervisor, I Would, by Iris Weiss.